Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, February 9, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What are we going to do with the tape today? And the answer is nothing. We had an inside day for the most part. They peaked their head up to a new high. But for the most part, the market spent the majority of the day inside of the range from yesterday. So what do we do with that? Nothing. It was a very quiet day. The volume was very, very light. Once again, it's on decreasing volume. We've seen decreasing volume since the market made a low all the way back here on the 29th of January. It's not that that's going to mean anything, but what that tells me is that there's no conviction. There's no institutional participation in a big way buying or selling the market at present. We take the market, we take the information at face value. This is what we have. We don't want to create something that's not there. We don't want to install our biases in the market. We just take it at face value. And today, what's it doing? It's still grinding higher. That's it. Let's talk about home base. Where are they relative to home base? Well, as you can see, we're getting a little bit far from home base. Now, what happens each and every time we get a little bit too far from home base, and there's no exact measurement for how far is too far from home base, but we can see that each and every time the market gets a little bit far from home base, it comes back, gets far, comes back, gets far, comes back, or goes sideways and lets home base come up to price. That's evident in what happened here at the end of the year, at the end of 2020. Here you can see again, back in October, the market gets a little bit far from home base, comes back to home base. Right now, we're getting a little bit far from home base. Doesn't mean we can't go up for two, three, four, five more days. I'm just stating the obvious. We're getting a little bit far from home base. It's an awareness, but it's not an actionable piece of information. Let's make the distinction between awarenesses and actionable pieces of information. What happens when we look at a 120-minute chart for argument's sake? Do we see anything different? And the answer is no, we don't. The market is basically stair-stepping its way higher above all the moving averages, and we know what comes next. The trend is your friend until it's over. The hourly chart, again, same thing with the trend, but the hourly chart really isn't extended from home base. It's just riding home base higher. Let's take an intermission from the regular scheduled programming. We're going to take a look at the chart of Cisco Systems. There's always a method to the madness you're inside my head. It's a dangerous place to be. So go with me on this. I think you're going to learn something in a moment. Cisco reported earnings after the bell. Maybe it's going to make it to stocks on the move tomorrow. Maybe it won't. That's not the point. Here's the point. What I want to do is take a look at a weekly chart. I'm sure what comes next is probably debatable. However, I think a case could be made for an inverse head and shoulders pattern. Why am I telling you this? Not because I'm telling you to buy Cisco. It's not the point. I just want to show you something. I noticed this when I was taking a look at the chart when I found out they were reporting earnings today after the bell. I figured, hey, let's go take a look, see what's going on over at Cisco. This one's going to be for the folks that don't necessarily believe yet. I'll say yet in technicals as really the only thing that drives price action in the market. Now, if in fact you can buy into this, so I can make a case for a shoulder here, a head here, okay, and then another shoulder here, 
and then a breakout over the neckline, which is where we basically were last week, closing above the neckline and staying above there this week so far. But let's take a look at something a little bit deeper. Now, here's the deal. As long as they stay, and this is from a technical perspective, right? This is by the book. As long as they stay above this neckline, they may come back to test the neckline, but staying above the neckline basically activates the head and shoulders for higher prices. You can measure the move as taught in the course, lazy e-mini trader. But just from a bird's eye perspective, the move or the inverse head and shoulders, should it materialize, takes price up to about the highs over here, roughly 58, give or take. Now here's an hourly chart and you can see where the close was today, comfortably above the neckline. This is the same neckline from before. And here's the activity with the after hours price action. They came back to test the neckline. If they stay above the neckline, she's still good. If they close tomorrow, for example, below the neckline, that could be a failed attempt at an inverse head and shoulders pattern. The same energy that would have normally released to the upside to complete the inverse head and shoulders pattern will now be released in the southern direction should they fail. We don't know they will, we don't know they won't, but this is how you read the tape. This is how I'm reading Cisco. This is one way to read the long-term chart of Cisco. Now we're back on the normal daily chart and what happens if a trader would say, hey, I don't believe in the head and shoulders nonsense. What else you got? Well, we could come over to the monthly chart and say, all right, here's what we've got. We're above all the moving averages and that's of late. So there's bullish tone in the air and we know that from across the broader markets, that's no secret. We can also see there's going to be a natural resistance zone up here where we have some pivot highs and some failures. You have one here in the month of February of 2020. And what did it do? We had a huge breakdown candle, went sideways in a bearish flaggish kind of formation before the collapse. And now the rebound, what are they gonna do? If they break above the high from February 2020, $50.28, closing a month above that high, what we would say is the door would be open to test the breakdown candle high. Not all in one bite, not all in one shot, but that would be the next thing from a longer term perspective on the docket. How about the weekly chart? What if we break it down a little bit further? So here we have a weekly breakdown candle high of 48.45. They didn't get there last week, they came close. They gapped above it this week or they've been above it this week. We'll see where they close. If they close above it, we look to the next spot up north. If they don't close above it, it will have been a run a test of a resistance zone, period, full stop. Now, if they don't close above it this week and they hang around and they start to eat some time off the clock and hang around up in that price zone, then again, they could be building energy to move higher yet again. So there's multiple ways to look at these charts. There's no one way that's right. There's no one way that's wrong. I teach you how I do it. Some of you like it, some of you don't. That's just the way it works. That's what makes a market. Two people can look at the same information, the same chart, and come up with a different conclusion. That is, by definition, what a market is. What about inside the numbers? Let's take a peek and see what happened today. A little pre-market commentary. We've got a service announcement. 
inside the numbers has to take a one-day sabbatical on Wednesday. Stuff like that happens very infrequently. It happens, we move on. Today was Turnaround Tuesday. They were fractionally red, hanging around the big fat round number early in the morning of ES3900. Didn't get very far in either direction. So let's see what else we've got. The early thoughts, and then as the day opens up, as they develop the storyline. We've got a number beneath current price at the time where we could find some support. We've got an overnight high. They may attempt either today, tomorrow, early in the morning, late in the day. 39.13 and a quarter was an overnight high. I don't think they ever actually got there today. As we move along, we'll see what happens where we begin to cite some interesting numbers where if the market were to visit, maybe find support, maybe find resistance. That's what we do each and every morning. So what we're saying here at the 907 post is under ES3900, there's still bunched up support in between 389.35 and 388.35. Below that is a gap we discussed yesterday, 387.67. We're laying out the early look, the early schematic. And then we want to focus on stocks on the move as the SPY or the S&P 500 opens up, starts to get going, and develops said storyline. We'll come back to stocks on the move later. And by 940, SPY is simply coming into the support area cited in the pre-market. What were we citing? 389.35 to 388.35. You know the routine, right at the vertical is today's activity. 389.35 is the horizontal line. You can see in the third five-minute candle of the day, They come into the support area, get out of there quickly, run some kind of a retest, not even getting there, and continue to float higher the rest of the day. The market wasn't moving a lot. It was a quiet day. The volume was very, very light. But the numbers are the numbers are the numbers. Are you interested in the numbers? Are you interested in having a tour guide for the market during the trading day? From this point forward, what I urge you to do is pause the video, read the notes. You'll learn something, but there wasn't a lot of additional activity by virtue of the fact that they went into a grinding, floating type of tape the remainder of the day. However, the market is the market. We have to take what the market gives us every single day. Why is that? Because A, we don't have a choice. We can't impose our will on the market. We wait for the market to provide opportunity. Rest assured, some days, some days pretty soon, the market is going to provide a different flavor of opportunity. Remember, when it feels really, really wrong, it's generally right. When it feels really, really right, it's generally wrong. Quiet markets with low volume and low volatility typically precede markets with higher volatility, higher volume, and a little more excitement. That's just the way it works. They generally happen when people least expect it. Why is that? Because it's run by the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew, and their job is to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. How about stocks on the move? We had two stocks in play today. Take two, TTWO and FIS. It says jump target in the right-hand column, but there were two numbers on the board, It jumped the first target, not the second one. We'll take a look at both charts. First, Take-Two Interactive. 
getting a buzz cut at the open. And as you can see, they never provided the rocket ride. They never really even provided officially the base hit. It was a no harm, no foul trade. They just went sideways in and around the number all day long. They never got to the second number. Therefore, they never came close to any kind of a stop out. They just hung around the first number all day long. So what's that telling us? It's telling us that wasn't the final destination. That's the likely story. There's likely another number lower coming to a market session near you. All right, no harm, no foul. The number worked. It just didn't provide the type of trade that we're looking for. What about this one? How about Fidelity National? So here's the routine. Getting close to the opening bell, it creeps below the first number. It creeps almost to the second number, opens above, hits it, spikes it by a little bit, turns around, and goes on an absolute rocket ride. This is why I repeat this all the time. You never know which ones are going to provide you the rocket ride. You never know which ones are going to be a base hit. You never know which ones are going to be a double, triple home run or, or even a grand salami. Let's just say a trader painted by the numbers. On this one, painting by the numbers would have meant this. Buy 126.75. Any amount. It doesn't matter because it all goes forward from here. There wasn't another buy on the board. Below 126.75 was a stop. So whether you bought with half a position, a full position, two full positions, whatever it was, when it starts to move and you get the base hit in your pocket, you take profit. Let's say you put half in your pocket. So let's just say for argument's sake, you had 200 shares. Now you put 100 in your pocket and the rest is a free ride. It's a risk-free, emotionless trade. Comes back to 126.75, you get out, you would have gotten a profit on half the position and that's fine, a profit's a profit. But here, if it never comes back down to 126.75 and you just let it ride and it grinds higher all day and you essentially trail your stop behind price all day long by some figure, then guess what? You end up with 132, 133 or more by the end of the day. Hey, you doing? These happen, folks. They don't happen every single day, but they happen quite often. For stocks on the move traders, you have to make this a mechanical process. It's not easy to do, it's easy to say. You have to make this a mechanical process as best you can. One of the approaches is to kind of have the mindset to say, all right, I've seen these work for weeks, for months, for years, whatever it is. Okay, now I know it works and I know it works a large majority of the time. I know I'm not gonna win every trade, but if I paint by numbers and I just follow the rules, I know I'm gonna take a hit. I know I'm gonna get dinged from time to time, but are the wins gonna outweigh the times I get dinged? And the answer is, painting by the numbers are resoundingly yes. But here's what you can't do. You can't make up your own rules. You can't augment my rules. You can't create your own trades. If you do that, then it's not my results we're working with. They're your results you're working with. Some may be better. Some may not be better. But they're yours, not mine. All right, enough soapbox stuff. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Nothing. There's really not much to talk about. They're grinding higher, up another half a percent almost. They're extended away from home base. 
That's really the only thing that's jumping off the page at me other than the fact that they're in an uptrend. But we already know about the uptrend. They're getting extended. They're gonna have to either come back towards home base or go sideways for a while and let home base work up to price. One of those two things is bound to happen sooner than later. We don't know exactly when. They could go up another three, four days in a row. Remember, our target or an awareness is the third week in February, we should start to look for signs and signal of a shift. For now, we'll just leave it at that. What's going on with the folks down at the transportation department? Yesterday, we talked about a little over 13,000 is where they're likely headed, where they're likely going to get to. What was the high today? Less than 13,000, 12,993, spot 62. Does that mean anything? No. They're above all the moving averages, and guess what? Today, they closed above this breakdown candle high. So do we really have anything negative to say about the transports? No. They're basically going to challenge the area of the former highs from just a couple of weeks ago. Nothing more, nothing less. This is what happens in uptrending bull markets. The trend is your friend. The trend is the dominant thing all the time until it starts to change. Starts to change short term, morphs into longer term, but that's how it works. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Anything going on out there? Up 20 cents? No, there's nothing to do with that. In fact, it wasn't even up 20 cents. It finished at 333.51 on close today. It's flat. There's nothing going on in the queues. Same routine as all the other stuff. There's no point in trying to see something that's not there. Speaking of something that's not there, anything there in the XLF that wasn't there or was there yesterday? No, it's the same thing from yesterday. They ate some time off the clock, up three pennies. Anything to do with that information? No. Smash Mouth. Anything to do with this information? The only thing that really jumps off the page at me with Smash Mouth, there's two things. A, it was down today, so why was it down? Do we have to read into that? Well, down one-third of 1%, it's hard to read into that, but it was red, so it's of note, not necessarily a puzzle piece just yet, down one-third of 1%, but it's of note. But the other thing is, looks to me, and this is a look, right? This is where it becomes part art form, part science. Even though they're in an uptrend, it looks like they're riding the 20-period moving average. One of these times, they're going to give up the 20-period moving average, and they're not coming back. What takes that off the table? When they trade away from the 20-period moving average for more than a day. Remember the weekly chart. We still have this weekly chart, breakdown candle high. You see what they're doing now? They're running a test. They're fighting it. What happens by Friday? We don't know, but it's an interesting thing to watch out for. Do they close above or below this breakdown candle high? Close above it, more higher prices are coming. Close below it, and it was running a test, and guess what? Likely story is it'll get rejected up here unless they close above it. That's the way it works. The third thing is they can eat time off the clock up there, but that's the third thing. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We will pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.